Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written, published article, Who Was at the Helm? From 1965, it's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. 
Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz. With, with the Savage Premium. So go to go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Savage Nation podcast. Today we're going to talk about Bernie Sanders, who is really running America. Now, how do we know that? How do we know that? It's interesting. The other day, people were saying, who's really running America? Who's really running Biden? Who's really running society? Who is behind the insanity of what's going on? Well, we learned it the other day. There was a headline in the newspapers, and I don't know who wrote it, who said, President Sanders exerts his veto. And I said, of course, that's what happened. Bernie Sanders is a lifelong communist. Bernie Sanders is a naked communist. Bernie Sanders hates America. Bernie Sanders hates white males. Bernie Sanders fears and hates Christians. Bernie Sanders, you say, well, how do you know he's running the country? How do we know? He is the one who said that three and a half trillion dollars wasn't enough. He wanted six trillion dollars of your money to permanently destroy America and convert it into a communist nation. Now, we're going to go into this in some detail. I mean, he has a long record of extolling the virtues of the ex-Soviet Union. You do know, don't you, that this rat bum piece of garbage, I have other words for him. I grew up with people like this, not in my family. I knew this kind of low-life communist bastard. I knew them. I knew them. I knew them. This bastard is a loser. And look where he is now. He's running America. Now, he visited the Soviet Union for a honeymoon with his new horrendous Eva Braun in 1988. And when he came back from the Soviet Union, he glowed about, quote, the most effective mass transit system he had ever seen. In other words, the communists made the trains run on time. When we were in Moscow, for example, I think most of the people here also were extremely impressed by their public transportation system. In fact, it was the cleanest, most effective mass transit system that I've ever seen in my life. They move six million people a day. You wait 15 seconds in rush hour between one train and another. The stations themselves were absolutely beautiful, uh, in, including many works of art, chandeliers that were beautiful. It was a very, very effective system. He then said this. He said the Soviets were, quote, moving forward into some of the early visions of their revolution, what their revolution was about in 1917, unquote. This is Bernie Sanders. Many of you are stupid and think that Grandpa Bernie is an old-style European social democrat, sort of like Denmark or Norway. That's what he sold you. But no, he's a lifetime communist. He declared himself completely in tune with the nationalization of every major American industry in the 1970s, meaning the government should run every industry. 
What is he doing now? Take a look at what he's doing now. He just stopped his own Democrat Party from passing a gargantuan, disgusting socialist revolution and said, no, it's not good enough. We want a full communist revolution. We want the full three and a half trillion dollars. We're not going to pass an infrastructure bill. We don't want to rebuild anything in America unless we get all of our communist social programs. Many of you still don't know that he's running the country. He is the one who tells Jai Lapal. He is the one who has controlled and brainwashed millions and millions of young people into thinking he's a nice old guy from Brooklyn who just simply wants everything to be fair. No, that's not who he is. Here is a man filled with hatred and contempt for those who are more successful than him. Now, take a look at his appointments. You say, what do you mean his appointments? Biden's making the appointments, isn't he? No, Biden's doing nothing. Biden is fundamentally a tool now of the radical left. The radical left is now being run by President Bernie Sanders. Have you seen the Soviet-raised woman who he wants to be the head of the Treasury Department, who wants to eliminate banking as we know it in America? Do you understand what this is? It's a full-blown communist revolution right in front of our eyes. Only because you are doped up and because your brain has been washed, you can't even see it. The end of Western civilization is no longer a vision for our enemies within and without. It is operational. They are doing it. The misguided, deceitful, often hateful policies that we are seeing being brought down by the Biden administration are clear for anyone with clear eyes. What you have to understand is that these people around him, take a look at Mayorkas, in charge of DHS who has opened our borders like a can of sardines and permitted hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens to surge across the border and disseminate them throughout the United States of America. Do you really think that the voodoo-worshipping Haitians are going to assimilate into America? Do you really believe that those Haitians who are pouring into America contain the next Einstein, the next Beethoven? If you do, you're a bigger moron than even your mother thought you were. It's worse than you may think. These people around Bernie Sanders are filled with contempt for success and tradition. And they pander to the manufactured cry of diversity in order to flood America with illegal aliens, make you guilty, and erode this once great nation. And what is their goal? Is it really to bring Haitians and Central Americans into America because they love them so much? No, it's to use these third world throwbacks to consolidate their power forever in their corrupt oligarchy, just as existed in the old Soviet Union. And who was behind it again? Bernie Sanders. Again, Bernie Sanders. What about Venezuela? We know what happened. Venezuela was once a thriving capitalist nation. It was a jewel of South America. Caracas was a great city. And what happened was a socialist was engineered into running Venezuela. He socialized many of the industries. And then along came someone worse than him, the dictator Nicolas Maduro, the former bus driver. Are you listening? And what happened? The Bernie Sanders Senate website for years had an editorial that compared the regime of Hugo Chavez with the poverty record of the United States of America. What about Daniel Ortega, the Nicaraguan communist who murdered thousands? Ronald Reagan has decided that Nicaragua is a terrorist nation. 
And if this guy is the foreign minister of a terrorist nation, then they should get another foreign minister. Because he is a very gentle, very loving man. Did you know that this piece of garbage from Brooklyn, Bernie Sanders, who you think is a nice old man, he's a pox upon the nation. Bernie Sanders celebrated the Sandinista Revolution in the 1980s. He was actually at a rally in which protesters chanted, quote, the Yankee will die. He went to Nicaragua and he came back glowing about Ortega's human rights abuses by showing America Abraham Lincoln's suspension of habeas corpus, saying they were equal. And that is why Daniel Ortega had endorsed Bernie Sanders for the presidency. But what about China? Bernie Sanders praised China, a communist dictatorship. He said, well, 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 it's, it's an authoritarian country, but, uh, but, but, but can anyone deny, I mean, the, uh, the facts are clear that they have taken more people out of extreme poverty than uh, any country in history? That's Bernie Sanders. He does not mention that China's embrace of the free trade that we know and the profit in the 1990s is what drew China out of poverty. That goes against Bernie Sanders' primitive communist worldview. But remember, Bernie Sanders is running America. I can prove it very simply because occasional cortex, Jai uh, Lapal and the others, and the hundred members of the so-called progressive caucus are all stooges of this rat from Brooklyn. There is much more in Sanders' background that you must know about. He has a lifelong hatred for America a jealousy of the white man, a jealousy of Christianity. And he has always loved the vicious killer communist regimes wherever they were. He brushed off the violations of Fidel Castro. And everybody was totally convinced that Castro was the worst guy in the world. All the Cuban people were going to rise up in rebellion against Fidel Castro. They forgot that he educated their kids, gave them health care, totally transformed the society. You know, not to say that uh, Fidel Castro or Cuba are perfect. They are certainly not. Fidel Castro imprisoned and murdered tens of thousands of his own countrymen. He impoverished and repressed millions of Cubans. And what did Sanders say during the campaign? He said, well, 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 we're very opposed to the authoritarian nature of a Cuba. But, you know, it's uh, unfair to simply say everything is bad. When uh, Fidel Castro came into office, you know, what he did, he had a massive literacy program. Is that a bad thing? I ask you, is that a bad thing? Even though Fidel Castro did it? No, it was not a bad thing. No, not at all. The fact of the matter is, he made the Cuban people very literate. That's Bernie Sanders. You think it's a joke? This is no joke. This is a nightmare that we are living through. And there's more about this that I will talk about as time goes on. It's very, very hard to find any articles anymore that show that Bernie Sanders is not really a Democrat socialist, but an outright naked communist. Every article that you if you research it, you cannot find an article showing that he's a communist, except maybe here and there. He is a naked communist. And why in the world he has gotten this far is very simple, because we're a nation of submorons who are drugged out of our mind with marijuana. Bernie Sanders is a communist through and through. He has shown himself to be a communist through and through. When asked about Cuba, as I said to you in a 60 Minutes interview, Sanders told someone on CNN, as I said, we're very opposed to the authoritarian nature of Cuba, but you know it's unfair to say everything is bad. You know when Fidel Castro came to office, you know what he did? He had a massive literacy program. Is that a bad thing even though Fidel Castro did it, unquote? 
I just said that to you. But listen, when the host on CNN brought up the jailing of Cuban dissidents, Sanders quickly jumped and said, well, well, that's right. uh, uh, And we condemn that. Are you listening to this? The fact of the matter is he is not a sober socialist. No matter how he genuflects in the ritual denunciation of his communist inclinations and orientation, he continues to be a communist like Stalin, working on the old NKVD execution orders. The fact of the matter is he is whitewashing the social and economic injustice of China, of Cuba, of the Soviet Union, of Nicaragua, of Venezuela, and in so doing, whipping America into a state of frenzy against its own nation. In Eastern Europe and the former Soviet nations, the memory of communism has gone up and down in the last 40 years from condemnation to now romanticism. People forget their own past. They don't even know their present. The fact of the matter is the record of mass repression in the past under communism is what we are seeing now in America because of Bernie Sanders and his acolytes. There is now a struggle for a consensus on this repression in America. If that is not communism, tell me what is. And so where do we go from here? Is there a middle road that we can have? No, we were saved by a hair just last week when only two Democrats who are in swing districts said enough is enough, this is too much. But wherever you go, wherever you go, if you look up on Google, Bernie Sanders communist, you know what you find? These headlines. Washington Post says, in Cold War travels, Bernie Sanders found much to admire, but he is not a communist. In February 24th of 2020, the Baltimore Sun, Nancy Pelosi's hometown, said, presidential candidate Bernie Sanders doesn't propose communism for the U.S., but socialism. PolitiFact said, no, Bernie Sanders is not a communist. There are article after article, New York Magazine, again run by left-wingers, says Bernie Sanders is not a communist, says New York Magazine. NBC News says he's a socialist, but he doesn't support communism. San Obispo.com says Bernie Sanders' democratic socialism is not communism. LA Times, February 2020, says Sanders is a self-described democratic socialist, but he is not a communist. Do you understand what has happened in our media? You cannot find a single article that shows him for what he is, being a naked communist. More about this when I return right here on The Savage Nation. And the reason I am doing this is to show you who is actually running America. Many of you say, oh, who's running America? Who is actually running America? We know that it's not the senile old bum called Biden. Biden's a dummy, actually. He's smart enough and clever enough to become president, but he is not running America. In fact, he even chuckled a few weeks ago saying, I used to be a moderate. No, my friends, my warnings were long heated by some, but not by enough. And I don't know if it will be in time. Can it happen here? Can it happen here? When I come back, I will show you that it can happen here. With the blink of an eye, we could have the repression. We could have the uh, internment camps. And we could have the death camps. All in the blink of an eye. Wake up before it's too late. I'll be right back. Michael Savage, a host like no other.
When you introduced your wealth tax, which would tax the assets of the wealthiest Americans, you said, quoting you, Senator, billionaires should not exist. Is the goal of your plan to tax billionaires out of existence? When you have a half a million Americans sleeping out on the street today, when you have 87 people, 87 million people uninsured or underinsured, when you got hundreds of thousands of kids who cannot afford to go to college and millions struggling with the oppressive burden of student debt, and then you also have three people owning more wealth than the bottom half of American society, that is a moral and economic outrage. And the truth is, we cannot afford to continue this level of income and wealth inequality, and we cannot afford a billionaire class whose greed and corruption has been at war with the working families of this country for 45 years. So if you're asking me, do I think we should demand that the wealthy start paying the wealthiest, top one-tenth of one percent, start paying their fair share of taxes, so we can create a nation and a government that works for all of us. Yes, that's exactly what I believe. We're talking about Bernie Sanders, President Sanders. We're talking about who's actually running America. Now, in the last installment of this podcast, I referenced the fact that someone had used the headline, President Sanders uses his veto. And that was, of course, the Wall Street Journal on October 1, 2021, the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal used the headline, President Sanders uses his veto. Bernie seems to carry a bigger stick on Capitol Hill than Biden. In that little article, they wrote the following. They said, as we recall, President Biden defeated Bernie Sanders in the 2020 Democratic primaries. But lately, it's hard to tell. The Vermont socialist is issuing his own veto over Mr. Biden's agenda on Capitol Hill until he gets the new entitlements and tax increases he wants. Mr. Biden, who desperately needs a political victory, any victory, had been hoping the House would pass the $1 trillion Senate infrastructure bill as Speaker Nancy Pelosi glowingly predicted. They then asked, when was the last time Democrats turned away $1 trillion in spending, especially when it comes gift-wrapped in 19th Senate GOP votes? Our guess is never. And that, of course explains what I am doing today. President Sanders is really running the country. He doesn't have to sit in the Oval Office to be the puppeteer behind the Oval Office in the sense that all of his communist policies are what is shaping America right now. And so where does this go? Where could it lead? You say, well, you know, the rich have too much, the poor have too little. Why should one man own 17,000 apartment houses and another man living in a cardboard box? I've heard it all before. And there is certainly some truth in that opinion. But where this leads is the real question now. The fact of the matter is, after the eight divisive years of Barack Obama, I laid out an irrefutable case for how our nation had been undermined by terrorists from within by anarchists within, by a president then and politicians with contempt for the Constitution and the law, and by a complicit liberal media. I said that then. But the fact of the matter is it's much worse right now. What we have now is much worse than if Hillary Clinton had won. Donald Trump came along and he almost saved America. 
He almost saved America. And instead of talking about where do we go from here, I want to talk about it can happen here. What do I mean by that? It's not that Bernie Sanders is a murderer. It's that people around them have murder in their hearts. They have hatred in their hearts. And so I want to go back in time. It was about 1963. I was a young teacher in New York City. I was a young guy, 21 years old. And I was very naive, brainwashed out of college, probably very liberal. Without, I didn't even know what it was. I just My attitudes were what I thought they should be, which is what the communist teachers had taught me at Queens College in the University of New York. Many of the teachers I had, especially in the social sciences, were emigres from Hitler's Germany who turned out to be naked communists. Some of them were very famous, it turns out. All the books we read, all of the curriculum was communistic. I didn't even know it. That was then. And so someone ran for office, I forget who, in New York, and I really liked him. And I remember telling some of the other uh, teachers how much I liked this particular candidate. Oh, I remember, I remember exactly. It was William F. Buckley Jr., who I, I just loved him, his attitude. I was a big Anglophile at the time, but I also kind of liked his policies. I liked his style more than his policies. And I remember saying, I really like William F. Buckley Jr. And one of the other teachers, without anger, said to me, he himself is not bad, but I worry about the people around him, meaning who is behind him. Are they mean? Are they vicious? Are they dangerous? I didn't really quite get it, but I thought about that forever. That is the same with Biden. That is the same with Sanders. Who are the people behind them? So let me tell you a story, which I entitle, It Can Happen Here. Not too long ago, a couple of years ago, I was in an antique store in Beverly Hills, California. I was looking at different things, Chinese things, French chandeliers. And as many of you know, uh, my father was a small-time antiques dealer, but he had a very good taste. And I learned how to identify good art, even as a child. Well, anyway, in Beverly Hills that day, everyone else on the street was closed during the holiday. This store was open. The owner, who was Persian, and I talked over a Chinese incense burner, the price of it for a while, which I eventually bought. By the way the owner looked at the way he spoke, I knew he was from the Middle East. I didn't have to guess that. Well, as one word led to another, the guy finally told me he had been in an Iranian prison for two years. That came up in the conversation. And I said, what, during Khomeini's reign of terror, the one that Jimmy Carter brought about by failing to stand up to that zealot? The man didn't believe that I knew all of that. He didn't know who I actually was. I don't go around saying I'm Michael Savage. He seemed reluctant to answer at first. It's a habit people acquire when they live in brutally repressive regimes. So I repeated, Ayatollah Khamenei did that to you? Well, he finally said, yes. His answer made me sick. Why did it make me sick? Not just because there are ideological tyrants running nations like Iran, like China, but because cowardly liberalism had put him in jail for two years. I was 20 years old, the man said. Do you know what my crime was? I asked, what? What did you do? He said, at the time, Israelis were being killed by Palestinian murderers, suicide bombers, so the Israelis were trying to raise money for bomb-sniffing dogs. I sent $400 to Israel to help them train a bomb-sniffing dog. Then he continued, my second crime against the state of Iran when the Muslim murderers took over was this. They shot the most successful Iranian Jewish businessman in Iran, killed him for no reason, and I went to retrieve his body. 
They charged me for the bullets, and then they tried me for crimes against the state. The two stated charges were I paid for a bomb-sniffing dog in Israel, and I retrieved the body of a traitor. They put me in a dark cell for two years. I came to America in 1979 with $300 in my pocket. I've been working every day of my life to survive since then, and I don't complain about it. That's what he said to me. I looked into this man's eyes, unashamedly and openly admiring his unbroken spirit, and I asked, Sir, how many years had your family been in Iran? It caught him by surprise because it's an odd question for an Iranian, as any Persian or Iranian would understand. It's the kind of question you ask in America where most families have been here for only a few generations, if that. I don't know, he said, about 2,500 years. If you think of the magnitude of the question and his answer, you can begin to understand what could happen to you in this country because of the rat Bernie Sanders and the stooge Biden. If a family can be shattered and displaced after two and a half millennia for a politically unsanctioned act, think of what can happen in a younger country with an equally rabid ideology of socio-political correctness. If you think it can happen here, my friends, think again. Those who do know their history are condemned to repeat it. And so pay close attention to what I just told you of what happened to that man from Iran. And remember, things can happen very, very quickly, as you can see by looking at our melted borders and the voodoo worshipers who are being flooded into every town and city in the United States of America. Now, there's another related story that I should tell at this time through stories. Perhaps we can learn enough history for enough people to save the country at the last minute. I don't really know. A few years ago, I was honored to speak at a private Special Forces Christmas party. And uh, I was almost embarrassed to give the speech because I'm not a combat man. I was never in the military. And these are hardened combat veterans. Every one of them had medals up and down their chest. And here I was, a non-military guy who they love, admire, and they invited me to speak, and I was so humbled. And I began the speech by talking, I think the speech was entitled, something along the lines of, uh, I do not wear the red badge of courage, and yet I've been invited to speak here. I wish I could find that speech. I just asked one of my friends from that group if they have a copy of the speech. Cameras weren't allowed. No one took notes. But it was the fact that I have never been injured in combat because I've never been in combat. If you want to consider talk radio and intellect, combat, fine. It's a different thing to be in a shooting war. So I said, I never wore the red badge of courage, and yet you've asked me to speak, and so forth and so on, and I went and gave the speech. Well, after the speech, we were having some drinks and having some wonderful food, and a diminutive gentleman, one of the special forces gentlemen, and I began to speak in the vestibule. You look at him, you would never know he's a special ops guy. That's the truth about real heroes. They don't look like heroes. Only the movies have the half men who look like full men. And he said, I'm a Greek of Greek origin. And he said, do you know what happened in Greece during the communist revolution? I said, I really don't. He said, I'll tell you what happened. He said, my cousin was a farmer. He had two cows. And his neighbor, who had, he had known since childhood, they all knew each other. They grew up on the same you know, Greek island, had one cow. He said, after the communists took over, the peasants got together and beat my cousin to death with farm tools. They called him a capitalist because he had two cows when they only had one cow. You are laughing, perhaps. Don't laugh because it can happen here. 
when Bernie Sanders, that rat filthy piece of garbage from Brooklyn, gets up and starts to fume, no billionaires and billionaires, millionaires and billionaires, millionaires and billionaires, and I only want equity. Look how far he has come. And if you don't think that they could beat you to death because you have two cows, when they have one cow or no cows, then you know nothing. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. At the end of the day, as workers and as people of society, we're the ones creating wealth, not a corporate CEO. It's not a CEO that's, make, that's actually creating $4 billion a year. It is the millions of workers in this country that's creating billions of dollars of economic productivity a year. And our system should reflect that. The only articles I can find about Bernie Sanders' relationship to actual naked Soviet communism is in a great publication entitled American Thinker. Thomas Lifson is the editor-in-chief. And there are many articles that have been written over the years by American Thinker, by different writers. And I'm referencing them so that you can look them up yourself. We go back to one, Bernie Sanders, an American Thinker from October 7th, 2015. And there's one about Bernie Sanders. There's one from uh, Bernie Sanders has a socialist gimmick. March 2020, why would Vladimir Putin be rooting for Bernie Sanders? February 2020, and here's a good one, a great one, which is February 14th, 2020, Bernie Sanders rises like death knocking on America's door, and we'll look into that in a minute. Here's another one from February 2016. They were on to him just as I was for a long time. They can read him from a mile away. We can smell it on his pickle breath, and it was about Bernie Sanders staying at a kibbutz in Israel, saying because he stayed in Israel, he can't be anti-Semitic, he can't be anti-Israel. But in fact, the kibbutz that he stayed on was a Stalinist kibbutz in Israel. That's another important article that, of course, you will not read and accept in a publication like American Thinker. But I like this one. Bernie Sanders rises like death knocking on America's door. And that one was written by John E.I.D. S-O-N, Edson, and instead of quoting the whole article for you, I'll reference it to you. It's in American Thinker from February 14th, 2020. And he talks about Frank Marshall Davis and Barack Obama and William Ayers, stuff that we all know, Saul Alinsky, Jeremiah Wright. It's, it's old stuff in some ways by now. And then they talk about Obama's trip to Cuba. And they conclude the article as follows, which is the only difference between self-avowed socialist Bernie Sanders on the one hand, and Obama and the party he leads on the other, is that Obama and his party are being coy about their unbreakable affinity for socialism. Wake up, America. Death is knocking on your door. Now, many of us have seen this and written about it in, in many different ways. And because of it, we elected Donald Trump. But then we lost Donald Trump because of this scum in the media, the low-life propagandist bastards who will suffer just as we will if there is an outright naked communist revolution. The Anderson Coopers are the worst of all of them. The worst of all of them is that facile Anderson Cooper. He, he gets me crazy when I watch him. Does he think that pampered scum that he is, that he is going to be immune to the mobs when they come knocking at his door? Well, they're transforming America right in front of our eyes. Right in front of our eyes, we are watching the transformation of America. And it makes it harder and harder and harder for us to hide from this naked fact that there is a communist revolution going on right in front of our eyes. 
We had life under Trump and we have death under Biden. Now remember, many of them are disguised as simply wanting equity and fairness. That's how communism is sold. They're not Marxists. They're not Leninists. They just want equity and fairness. Now, many of you have come out of college where you were subjected to brainwashing. And this goes back to your elementary school days. Brainwashing on what to think about gays. Brainwashing on what to think about global warming. Brainwashing on what to think about illegal aliens. But it's all been brainwashing. What does it have to do with today? Right? Isn't Bernie Sanders just a nice old Jewish guy? Is he really just a nice old Jewish guy? Is Biden really a nice old Christian man? Then why is that nice old Christian man, Biden, flooding America with third world illegal aliens who will never assimilate into America? Why is he flooding America with Muslims? Why does he go around the law every way he can? Why does he get away with almost everything that he tries? Because he's a nice Christian man? No. You must resist. You must resist this Leninist revolution we are watching in front of our eyes. And so we'll go into this in a little more detail on today's podcast, and then we'll talk about what the solutions may or may not be. There really is almost nothing we can do about it. You see, we live in a dictatorship, and every few years it's punctuated by a vote. And when we see that the vote itself is corrupted, we realize we're living in a, with nothing but serfs. And it's only a matter of time until you feel exactly what is going on. Once liberal cities like San Francisco and Berkeley, they were once liberal cities. I know them very well. I live here. They've now become bastions of hate, authoritarianism, loudmouth radicals who took over these cities and shouted down anyone who disagreed with them. And now we have dictatorships in Berkeley, dictatorships in San Francisco, and every other so-called liberal bastion in the United States of America being run like many Maoist states. They had the complete re-education. Newspapers don't exist in these cities anymore. The universities and schools are teaching the party line. Whatever the leader says, whatever Chairman Biden says, they do. Whatever Chairman Biden wants, they agree to. They don't question it. They're loyal little acolytes a loyalty like you've never seen in the history of this great nation we even have re-education camps they're called schools and universities instead of the drip 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 of water torture we have the drone 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 of mobile devices with voices they're called the media those are the re-education camps they don't actually send you to a place to relearn they don't have to send you anywhere anymore they took over the places that do the re-education so the only things missing now are the actual beatings, arrests, and murders in America. We are living through a very dangerous transition in America right now, and there are only a few individuals who actually state what is going on. Only a few. And they are all censored on social media, censored on Fox News. So where do we go from here? It's anyone's guess how far it will go. It's anyone's guess whether the evil behind Biden and Sanders will emerge nakedly. They're showing their faces, but we haven't yet seen the real revolutionaries. We don't know how far this cultural revolution will go. But we know this. When your white child goes to a school and comes home crying, saying, Mommy, I'm no good because I'm white, then you'll know that they have won. And they've won because you're too polite to stand up and go in there and threaten to sue the teacher and the school. 
You can sue them and you can stop them as many are doing. I did an entire podcast about the evils of this so-called race theory garbage, which is naked hatred for white kids, right? Well, why bother talking about this? Why? Because there is history that we have to know about. We hear about the Holocaust as one of the great tragic events of the 20th century, and it was. Six to eight million Jews were killed by Hitler, but about seven to eight million non-Jews were also killed by Hitler. What about the Cambodian communist dictator Pol Pot's genocide? The biggest part of the story is the Cultural Revolution, before the genocide in Cambodia, when people were forced to conform to what is called political correctness. It came directly from that period of human history. More than 13,000 opponents of Mao Zedong's new regime were killed in one region alone in just three weeks, 13,000, and that was by fellow Chinese. So if you have the illusion that your American military will not turn on you, you are crazy. Those of you who think your military is above doing that are nuts. They follow orders. If they don't, they're thrown in the brig, as we see. You must learn history and not to repeat it. The most important lesson to be learned from this is the actions of the Red Guards, Mao Zedong's enforcers. Who were they? Well, his great leap forward led to the massive starvation of Chinese people. Not in America, you say, it can't happen here. Well, no, they don't run agriculture yet. Bernie does not yet run agriculture. He's trying to take over banking step by step. But going back to China, millions of Chinese starved to death because of Mao Zedong's insanity. Very much like any other government bureaucrat, he wanted to stamp out his failures. So he created enforcers called Red Guards, an army of children and young idiot adults who were used to kill or beat up anyone not towing the Maoist line. Teachers were targeted first, as they are today on today's campuses. Any artifacts of Chinese history were targeted. Remember the knocking over of the statues in America? A favorite method of those people was to whip their elders with the heavy metal buckles on their leather belts. The violence began at the bottom. Black Lives Matter come to mind. Antifa come to mind. But everything was very carefully planned at the top. There were constant messages going from the Communist Party to the students. The beatings, the beatings, the beatings. The students first confronted the teachers for not conforming to the political correctness and repeating the big lie, and then the teachers were tortured and killed. Right now, teachers are being thrown out of universities. Not tortured and killed yet. Now look, that's a lot of history to digest, but pay careful attention to this part. We are seeing the similar pattern emerging again, like the mobs we have seen in this nation in Dallas, Baltimore, Oakland, Ferguson, Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York. I have documented this before because I've tried to stop the corruption of our borders, language, and culture for many, many years, for over a quarter of a century. I told you to vote and you did. And you voted in Donald Trump because we were fighting for our life and our freedom. But right now we have an almost one-man rule. He was only stopped by two votes in the Democrat Party. Take a look around you and you will see where this goes. It is crime and punishment from top to bottom. And the Red Guards of today are those who follow occasional cortex and those like her. This is not an experiment in leadership. No, my friends, this is an attempt to tear us down and break us down. They are power-mad revolutionaries, and our challenges are very clear. 
The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Never forget, it is happening here already. It began with a timid college professor from Cambodia, Pol Pot, who went to Paris to study Marxism, very much akin to Bernie Sanders. And when Pol Pot, the professor, returned to his native land, he introduced all the tenets of Marxism to that ancient nation. What happened next was as horrifying as it was astonishing. Within only a few years, mobs of youth in Cambodia called Khmer Rouge, red scarves, had rampaged through the middle class, humiliating, torturing, and killing its most prominent members, doctors, lawyers, teachers, engineers, police. Anyone who wore glasses was considered a bourgeois counter-revolutionary, if you can believe this. You may remember a movie about this subject called The Killing Fields. It depicted the mountains of skulls, human skulls, that were found after the Marxist rampage ended. Two to three million Cambodians had been worked to death or killed outright by that mob of insane Maoists. Now, ours is not a small country like Cambodia. We have about 20 times the population that Cambodia did in the 1970s. But are we immune to the hateful whims of a timid college professor who studied Marxism and then set out to transform his nation? Or does that sound familiar? Does that sound like the insidious process that was started by Barack Obama with his attempt to transform this great nation into a shadow of its former self? And now we have Bernie Sanders with Obama pulling the strings. Pay close attention to what I have written over the many years and what I am saying to you today. Because not only can it happen here, it is happening here. No, there are not yet mountains of skulls, but there are mountains of dead souls. And that is the beginning of the end of this nation, unless it is turned around. I know it is a Herculean task to reverse the damage that this Biden administration has done to all of the fundamental institutions of our great nation through its systematic poisoning of the nation's body politic. But we can do it. But first, we have to study it and spread the message. All we have to do is look at the decay of American culture to know how far we have fallen. Now, I want to talk about culture for a minute because my mantra has been borders, language, and culture for over 26 years, 27 years, God willing, this March. I think 28 years, I don't know. Borders, we know what they are. They've been melted down by Biden. Language, we have a polyglot, filthy language that's broken down. You could call it Ebonics. You call that music? That's not music. But culture, where is our culture? I have taken lately to driving around in my car with the windows closed, streaming as loud as I can, playing as loud as I can, Beethoven. I'm particularly fascinated now by his Seventh Symphony by the Berlin Philharmonic. I'm not trying to act highfalutin or high class for you, but tears come to my eyes as I listen to Beethoven. It washes away the garbage rap music. It washes away the whiny feminist music that I hear in elevators and on radio stations. It washes away all the filth and garbage of our society at this time.
for me, Beethoven, particularly his seventh, I know the ninth is considered the pinnacle. But to me, the seventh moves me in ways nothing moves me. And I sit and I weep in the car about the greatness of this mind. And he was deaf. And in this deaf mind, in this deaf brain, this music was playing. And he gave us this gift for eternity. And we have these breadline Marxists telling us that white males are no good, that Western civilization has to go. And look what has been replaced with the worst gutter rats the world has ever seen producing not music, but broken, discordant sounds poison to the human soul this is the savage nation borders language culture back in a minute home of borders language culture the savage nation all right so welcome back to the savage nation podcast this section is entitled whose vision for america will rule right after the election when uh biden won or stole the election whichever way you want to look at it Several articles came out, and one of them I have in my hand from Fox News by Justin Haskins, where he wrote, Socialist wing of Democratic Party suffers major setback in elections. And he wrote this. He said, Radicals who hoped last week's election would advance America down the path of socialism have had a rude awakening. Most Americans aren't ready to add Karl Marx and Vladimir Lenin to Mount Rushmore and destroy the free market system that made America the great country it is. And they went along and they said Biden won the Democratic presidential nomination in the general election by portraying himself as a moderate, not a socialist revolutionary. And then they explained in Fox News a good portion of Biden's votes came from people who dislike of Trump was a lot stronger than their love for the Democratic presidential nominee or his policies. But he adds this. But one thing that has become abundantly clear in the wake of the election last week, the growing socialist wing of the Democratic Party took a major hit. The socialists moved so far left that they left millions of voters behind. Led by self-described socialist Senator Bernie Sanders, independent from Moscow, who failed twice to get the Democratic presidential nomination, and the Sandinista, Alexandria Occasional Cortex, communist from New York, the far, far left had high hopes of succeeding in launching the transformation of American society into what they claim would be a socialist utopia. And then Fox News said, thankfully, that did not happen. The American people did not fall for socialist propaganda and embrace unrealistic, unaffordable, and unworkable socialist policies. Wow. Look where we are now. The left wing has, in fact, seized the Democrat Party. They are trying to jam down our throats unaffordable and unworkable socialist policies. Mr. Haskins concluded his article right after the election by saying that's a very good thing because while socialism promises heaven on earth, in practice, it results in hell on earth. Just ask the suffering people of Cuba, North Korea, Venezuela, and other socialist and communist nations. Even Russia and China owe their limited prosperity to capitalist reforms they have introduced and Eastern European socialist and communist nations ditched the failed systems long ago. Now, this may be well known to most of you who are listening to the Savage Nation. But apparently, it is not well known to the average mudhead out there. And so, in this final section of today's podcast, I ask the question, whose vision for America shall prevail? That's a good question. Because right now, we're only two votes away from a complete socialist takeover of the country. 
Remember that piece of garbage, that rotten, stinking old pickle from Brooklyn. Bernie Sanders is actually running the Senate Finance Committee. He's controlling what's going on. I'm trying to tell you that. And so what do we do now? Well, let's go back to the basics. If you study America, we have to understand that the secular humanism, which is the insistence that human beings are the center of the universe and the final arbiter of right and wrong, is actually the religion of communism and the choice for most liberals. It's a spin-off from Marxism developed by godless communists to justify a self-centered view of the world, one where the state is God. But if you read through the documents upon which this nation was founded, and if you read the writings of the founding fathers, you'll come to understand that the real basis of our existence as a nation is a contract with a Judeo-Christian God. And it's time that we renew that contract. I know you say, oh, come on, now you're really being an idealist. You're calling for prayer. Yes, I am. And here's how Benjamin Franklin put it in a speech during the Constitutional Convention on June 28th, 1787. In the beginning of the contest with Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayers in this room for the divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. To that kind providence, we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national felicity. And have we now forgotten that powerful friend? Or do we imagine we no longer need its assistance? I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth. That God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? That was Benjamin Franklin. And I, Michael Savage, now say to you, it's time that we begin to revisit and reestablish the religious and moral principles that flow from the Old and New Testaments of the Bible and from the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, principles that have enabled us to become the great nation we are today. No, I am not suggesting we turn America into a theocracy. Rather, this means that we would do well to put our religious beliefs into practice in such a way that we cleanse our national soul of the immoral and degrading cultural filth that have done our country such enormous harm. This is not something that can take place exclusively through legislation, although there are legislative initiatives that can help it take root and succeed. Primarily, though, it is something that each of us must begin to do in our own homes and in our own lives. It's time to make a concerted effort to bring God back into the public discourse not for the purpose of establishing a religious state, but for the purpose of recentering our nation, of re-alerting ourselves and our fellow Americans to what is right. As I said to you many times, this is not going to be a picnic. It's a showdown. And the question remains, whose vision of America will win the day? Is it the Bernie Sanders school the reverse Robin Hood who takes from the middle class and gives to the rich that is causing an economic poverty as well as a poverty of the body, mind, and spirit? 
whose radical hard left agenda and Marxist-Leninist worldview is impoverishing how we think, feel, and view ourselves as a people are robbing our personal freedoms and bankrupting our clout as the leader of the world, we can and must do better. Whose vision of America will win, will win, the, whose vision of America will win the day? I say to you, our fate hangs in the balance. It's time that we begin to revisit and reestablish the religious and moral principles that flow from the Old and New Testaments of the Bible and start to pray. Just perhaps our powerful friend will intervene once again. I'm Michael Savage. Thank you and may God bless America. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening.